0: Welcome back. You're here uh with Haley Elbe and Jonah Cisneros back from hiatus. Um and by hiatus we mean anything but a break. Anything <laughs> but a break. <laughs> uh, so today we're going to be talking about
1: <clears throat> um in a very season appropriate because Haley and I are Four weeks away from graduating. Four? Yeah, we (laughs) (laughs) graduated. It's like four to six weeks, I think. I don't know, something around there. Um, But so we're getting close to graduating and we're seniors and we're both with the people that we would like to spend the rest of our lives with. And so the topic of today's podcast um, is about uh, how to plan uh, the rest of our lives uh, with our current partners, um, or your current partners, if you're in the same boat, um, and how to maintain a healthy relationship while also um, just planning the rest of adulting. So before we get into that, um, we're gonna start with our very traditional New York Times question. We haven't been going in order, I would like to point out. Um, We're not gonna get through all 36. I think Haley and I are very much in love already. Um, so <laughs> now it's just a gimmick um, but the question is, my darling Haley, is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it?
0: Um so the first thing that comes to mind is being able to do a push up. <laughs> Which I've never been able to successfully do in my life. Even at my, like, fittest, like, working out every day, like, lifting weights, I just physically cannot do a push-up. So, yeah. (laughs) Push-up. Fair. Fair.
1: Um, There's a lot. Um... I've always wanted to do a triathlon, get a black belt in martial arts, rock climb. Um, And I've just never had the time or I guess the funds to do it. So hopefully after graduation and getting my big girl job, I will have the time to start rock climbing and
0: working out and doing those things. So do you want to go rock climbing or bouldering?
1: Why not both? Because I want to be belay certified. Like I want to be able to belay my own um, because I don't trust people. Um, And like, that's my thing. Like that's why I don't like zip lining because you have to like trust the instructor to like break you before you like hit a tree. Um, And like, my control issues, my Virgo placements—they don't jive with that at all. Um, but like being able to like anchor myself and like just do it all myself sounds nice. Um, and it just like sounds like a fun, like cool thing to be able to do. But like I wouldn't mind bouldering.
0: Interesting. <laughs> why, why is that interesting? um i was supposed to go bouldering like two days ago for mark's birthday but i was like you know i, I can't even do a push-up <laughs> so i don't know if i'm gonna be able to go bouldering you can do a push-up i bet i could help you do a push-up <laughs> okay after this we're gonna we're I'm gonna, gonna try do to push-ups. do push-ups we're gonna yeah. do push-ups once you get it it's like very easy
1: like i couldn't do push-ups for the longest time and then like i figured out the right way to do them and now i can crank out like push ups all day. Okay. I can like jump. Like do push up jumps.
0: Well I'm excited to get to where you are. <laughs> got, like, <laughs> <got> you.
1: <laughs> all right. Well with that scintillating question and answer. Um let's get into our topic. Um actually no, let's give an update because yeah. we've been we've been gone for a while. We've been MIA. We've been MIA hanging out with our boyfriend. <laughs> The mental illness. She don't, she don't take no days off, but we, we don't took a lot either. Of days we off took a lot of days off, off of, of this. <laughs> but just this. But just this. Everything else, no days off. Yeah. The grind never
0: stops. Yeah. So what is your relationship update? Um, so outside of my relationship, I am working 40 hours a week and I'm in 16 credit hours and don't have a lot of free time. And so I feel like my relationship has become like quality time is like getting ready for bed together and then going to bed. And then like, maybe I'll be able to wake up and like say goodbye in the morning before Mark leaves for work because he wakes up like two hours before I need to. So yeah, that's kind of what my relationship has been looking like. But it was like both of our birthdays this past month. So we Mm -hmm. have spent a lot of like extra time together like yeah, you didn't invite me to your birthday i didn't have any i didn't do anything for my birthday sure <laughs> <laughs> now you're good i went to the zoo i made mark take it off of work which i think was good and needed for all of us he yeah. was also gone for work for like a month mm-hmm. well not even a full month like two weeks how'd, how'd that go it was a little rough. I have pretty bad ADHD, <laughs> so when people are not, like, right in front of me, it's hard to, like, uh, connect with them, I guess. Like, I would just, like, forget to text him or, like, stuff. I yeah. don't know. Like, you know how I am <laughs> I am bad <laughs> at communicating all the time. And so it was especially hard when it was, like, extended periods of time with someone that I saw, mm-hmm. usually see, like, every day. I feel like with ADHD, like, that's such a prominent
1: thing because it's, like, I've been reading about, like, object permanence and how, like, a lot of times when people with ADHD say, like, oh, I have bad object permanence, um, they actually don't. Like, they think it's object permanence and it's not. It's just the fact that their, like, short-term memory blows. Um, but, like, for me, it's, like, literally, like, when I, whatever place that I'm not, like fundamentally does not exist in my head. Like when I'm here, Omaha does not exist. When I'm like at Cody's, my house does not exist. When I'm at my house, Cody's doesn't exist. And so it's like, you're so used to adjusting to a myriad of like stimuli that when someone is not present, you just are like, okay then. And then you just get into that swing. Yeah. And then they come back and you have to, like, remind yourself to, like, get back into that habit.
0: Yeah, it was weird. Like, I felt like I needed to, like, reconnect and, like, like, we didn't just, like, pick up where we left off. I was like, okay, wait, who is this person and, like, how do I feel about (laughs) it? Yeah, did
1: you go through, like, a period of, like, I don't know how to put it, like, um... I just thought of the word but I can't I can't remember it um but like when he came back did you go through like almost like a like an avoidant period where you were just kind of like
0: "Mm." not kind of I like I didn't want to like cuddle or like do anything like super physical like I was like I just need some like quality time and like some I don't know. Like I need to like get reacquainted with you and like comfortable mm. with you again, which was weird. Cause like we've been together for a year and a half. So I was like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but like, I don't feel comfortable enough to like be a hundred percent.
1: I kind of went through a similar thing cause, uh, Cody, he was doing a sleep study. Um, and so we had to go off of like all of his medication and, uh, he was not prescribed a taper, which was horrendous. So that's like five medications stopped in like a month. And if any of you have ever just stopped taking like an antidepressant or any medication that is not fun at all. Um, And so like, there was like a, like a few weeks where it was just kind of like super odd. And like, I went through kind of that where I was like, I don't know how, to like approach this because like the dynamic very much changed. And for me, like I, it like kind of sent me into a little bit of a spiral because like I tend to fixate on like relationships and clinicize them, um, which was not like the best thing to do in that situation. And I was like sitting there and I was like, am I a terrible person for like, feeling really like just checked out and like distant from this relationship. Like,
0: No, you're not a terrible person.
1: I I know I'm not a terrible person. I did a bunch of reading and I like figured out what it was. It's just I have terrible relationship anxiety and it like causes me to like question my own decisions and like my own emotions even when I know what my emotions are. It's super weird, but um, I kind of went through a similar period like that and I just had to kind of... I had to sit like by myself and like reacclimate myself to like what I know to be like true. Like I had to logic it out in my head, you know? But like it works, like we're, you know, just as good as we were, if not like we're closer. We don't get to see each other as much just because like I, we, I work a lot. <laughs> um, but I would say it's, you know, we pretty much live together.
0: That's nice. <laughs> Y'all doing good? Yeah, we're
1: doing great. You know, just like getting through the end of the year is like something, you know, we're doing good. We communicate, we laugh, you know, like we're very much like in love. It's just, it's definitely more of that. Like, okay, like we've been through some like We've been through some like shit the past like couple of months and like we got through it and it's definitely like brought us closer together. Um And so like we're a team, you know, and we're like dealing with it and we're like there for each other. So, I'd say it's great, you know. Love of my life. You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cute.
1: Very um So I guess with that update, so this is very pertinent also with our respective situations and relationships. Um, So before we get into it, um, I kind of want to say like a little bit of a word of caution Um, because when you type in uh, secrets to a long lasting relationship and how to do life with a partner and blah, 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 you get a lot of mainstream relationship advice. You get a lot of like, you'll just know if it feels right if it, you'll just know if they're the one. Um, you'll get a lot of rules like don't do this and do this, don't do this before three months, and don't do that. Blah 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 blah. Um, and I feel like I deserve personal compensation from this mainstream dating advice um, because it isn't it isn't generalizable at all. It doesn't take into account uh, trauma. And it doesn't take into account mental illness. Um, you know when Cody was really depressed um, for anybody who doesn't, who hasn't been with a partner who has depression um, primary symptoms of depression are, you know, withdraw and irritation and, you know, minor aggression and, you know, emotional turbulence and, you know, all of those things in mainstream dating advice, the first thing someone tells you some LLC or some love guru who has no, Credentials will be like, oh, break up with them. They're toxic. Um, When it's like, well, no, like depression fundamentally changes your brain and your behavior. It's not something you can just fight over, it's a disease. Um, So I want to make sure that, like, you guys know that all of the information that we are sharing is either anecdotal and, like, we've tried it out and seen it work, um, or it's, like, backed by research. Um, because mainstream dating advice is not backed by research. It is not peer-reviewed. It is not empirical. There's no initial equivalence. There's no external validity. It's not generalizable. Um, Sometimes it works, but take it with a grain of salt. Um, So that's my little disclaimer about that. Um, So we're going to start with, so when you're approaching planning life with a partner, I think the first thing you think about is like, okay, what am I going to do if we break up? I don't know. That's something I think about. Do you think about that? I do
0: not think about that. I feel like that that thought like never crosses my mind. (laughs) Maybe I should be prepared, but I'm not. I
1: don't like think about it. I I don't think about it as like, oh, like what if it, ah, it's more of a like, okay, what, causes a breakup? Like, what are the things that strain a relationship to the extent that it just dies? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, it just happens. Um, And it doesn't, there are a lot of, you know, behaviors and aspects um, within a relationship that lead to a breakup. Um, So according to Michael J. Rosenfield, um, couples are the most likely to break up within the first two years of their committed relationship. Um, However, after the first year, the chances decline very steadily by 2%. um, And after five years, the chances of breaking up decrease by 20%. So longevity is the first thing. The longer you are together consistently, not taking breaks, not breaking up, and getting back together, the longer you are together consistently is increases your chances of staying together in the long term. There are these three qualities that um, I was reading that kind of determine whether or not a relationship is going to stay the distance. Um, And it's level of investment. So how invested are you in the relationship? How much time do you have invested in the relationship? Do you have joint bank accounts? Do you have a house together? Do you have a a dog together? Um, That's a really big sign. Um, Satisfaction is another one. So how often are your emotional... And physical needs met, um, and then the third is actually kind of, honestly, a little bit dejecting in a way, um, because the third quality that kind of determines the longevity of a relationship is your perception of your other options. So, if you have a couple, and one of the you know one of the couples um, is like, yeah, my partner's great, but like, I feel like I could do better they'll break up. Yeah. Like if you think you can do better, if you have other options, um, that is a really great indicator of um, a relationship that will not go the distance. And we'll go into that a little bit more later on when we talk about building like a strong foundation of a relationship. Um, but that's ultimately what we can decide whether or not a relationship will last a while Um, so think about that.
0: That's interesting because I feel like since I started dating Mark, every time I see someone and I'm like, wow, he's cute. I'm okay. This is how it goes. I see a guy far away. I'm like, he's cute. I'm like, why am I thinking that? I get closer and it's Mark. (laughs) Like I have literally never looked and like, I feel like this sounds so dumb, but like I've never looked at someone and been like, they're cute and it's not Mark. (laughs)
1: well I mean like that shows how invested you are and like how satisfied you are I think you know Um, different couples are different for me I'm kind of the same way Um, I really don't think about like other guys or like other people there is like actually a lot of science about like crushes and like attraction and you're like like tangential relationship to uh, to attractive others um it goes into this you know uh, whole study that was done on it um that I want to go into a little bit later but it's just it's very interesting just the dynamics and kind of how monogamy manifests within different couplings because for some people for some couples it's like oh yeah like If someone walks by and she's got like a great bud or he's got a great bud and someone turns around, for some people that's like knife to the heart. Other people it's like, well yeah, of course you'd check them out. They're hot, (laughs) but you don't love them, so it's fine. You know, some people think watching porn is like cheating. Other people totally fine with it. And so I think it's important to really like figure out what your parameters are in a relationship like that and like what is and what is not okay and like how you feel in your attachment, you know? Yeah. I think it's important. Um, So on more topics of breaking up, Uh, so this guy, John Gottman, he like developed this algorithm that essentially he could predict um, whether or not a couple would uh, break up or stay together based off of 15 minutes of watching them interact within um, either like his laboratory or within like an observational situation. Um, and he developed these, they're four qualities that he called the four horsemen of divorce, um, but they can absolutely pertain to a, <coughs> excuse me, um, to like just a couple. Um And so they are criticism, defensiveness, stonewalling, and contempt. Um, So criticism is kind of the first one. They honestly kind of build off of each other. Um, And kind of in like what I was reading and like experienced in myself is like when you experience the first one, it's it's a domino effect of the other three, depending on how good your communication style is and what your attachment style is. So criticism is defined as noticing a problem within your life and turning it into commentary on your partner's character. So if you've had like a really long day and you come home and you're like, I'm so tired. You never care about how tired I am. You always leave the dishes in the sink. That is criticism. You are criticizing them. You are tired and you're taking it out on them. Um, And it's different than complaining because complaining would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. But when you center your partner as the reason that you are noticing a problem, that's when it is critical and it wears on a relationship. Do you have anything to say to that?
0: What would be like the correct way to address that situation?
1: So the correct way or the antidote to this behavior would be um, centering yourself and... um, Essentially, you can vent about something, you can complain about something, but you cannot blame it on your partner. Even if your partner is doing something that is that is you are perceiving to be a problem, you can't approach it and be like, you always do this. Uh, because it's loaded language, first of all. Never use you statements when you're having a discussion with a, a significant other. Um, instead, uh, say something like, "Hey, I'm really tired. could you could you please do the dishes? Um, I'd really appreciate that. And then give praise after they do the thing that you want them to do. because I think most healthy couples, partners don't just neglect to do things because they don't care. I mean, sometimes, you know, weaponized incompetence is a thing. And if that is a factor within your relationship, review that. But I think for the most part within like a healthy relationship, they're not doing it on purpose. You know, Cody and I, we both have ADHD and we both have depression. So like if those dishes aren't getting done... It's not because we're lazy. It's not because we expect the other one to do it. It's just because it probably slipped our mind. And so whoever notices it first is just like, hey, could you do this for me? I'd really appreciate it if we don't want to do it in that moment. Yeah. And then the important thing is giving praise. Like if they then do the dishes without you asking the next time, say, oh my gosh, you did the dishes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You know, taking the time to point out the good things your partner does is going to, it's its in a way, it's like conditioning them to consistently do the things that make you feel like your needs are met. Um, and it also makes them feel good and feel needed and wanted. Um, and like they are an active agent within the relationship as well. So that's how I would approach that instead. Um, the second one is defensiveness. And this one is a little bit more... So, defensiveness tends to come up as a result of criticism. So, that's kind of where the whole like domino effect comes in. Um, it is a reaction to perceived criticism that might be real or a projection. Um, it entails anything from over explaining to counter criticism, invalidation, and weaponizing a victim mindset. So, um, I was just an example would be I was just so busy today. Um, you know just how busy my schedule was, why didn't you just do the dishes? Um, Now you're placing blame, you're criticizing, you're meeting the criticism that you might have met or felt that you have met um, with more criticism, you're over explaining it, um, and you're typically going to consistently use that loaded language when you are being defensive. And the important thing to remember here is, even if your partner points out something that upsets them, and they use all of the correct wordage of like, I statements and hey, can we talk about this? And you're discussing, um, if it is met with defensiveness, the productivity dies right there. Um, It's important to recognize that, again, in a healthy relationship, your partner is not pointing something out to hurt you. They're pointing something out because they deserve to have their needs met just as much as you do, and so, you know, going along with the dishes again. If your partner says, Hey babe, could, could you do the dishes? I would really appreciate it. And the winds blowing a gnarly way that day, the sun hit you in the wrong angle and you feel like, Oh my God, they hate me. Like they're so mad at me. I'm so messy. Take stock of that. Take 10 seconds before you react, take a deep breath and be like, and remind yourself that your partner is not trying to hurt you by pointing something out. They are simply it, utilizing their agency within the relationship to, at the end of the day, strengthen it. Um, so a better response would be, yeah, absolutely. I'm so sorry. I didn't remember to do that. Um, if you feel criticized in any way, checking in with your partner is... Warranted. Um, if it's a consistent thing that you feel like you need to check in with your partner, there might be a little bit more of an issue going. Perhaps you feel like your needs aren't being met. Perhaps you have an anxious attachment style. Um, and, you know, to that, you can absolutely have a conversation about it. I would implore you to do so. But that might also be a question for a professional or a therapist. Um, but meeting. A conversation like that with just an openness and an awareness and a willingness to communicate is going to negate any kind of conflict as a result of that. Uh, The last two are like the big boys, Uh, stonewalling, um, typically a response to contempt, which is the following one. Uh, Stonewalling occurs when a person withdraws entirely from a conversation or a conflict. So it's gonna be turning out, uh, leaving in the middle of a discussion, um, turning away, using avoidant tactics. Um, All of this is considered stonewalling. And essentially this shoots any productive conversation right in the foot. Um, so if you are a person, I, I do this accidentally.
0: I do it all the time. Like like if I'm upset and I don't want to argue or something, I'll just be like, I can't talk right now. And I'll just like shut down. Yeah. See,
1: I shut down too. I just get quiet and I, I try to think too much. And I think it comes off as st- stonewalling. Um, Cody and I actually, I think it was like the one almost fight we got into. Um, it was during all of that stuff with like the, the sleep study and, you know, he was really, really distant and just a little bit, you know, irritable. And I, like, didn't know how to deal with it. And so when I don't know how to deal with something or approach something, I just shut down. Like, yeah. I just I just get quiet. And it's not because I'm angry um, or, like, I'm using the silent treatment. It's because I'm thinking of the
0: best way to respond. Yeah. It's like fight, flight, or freeze. And I just freeze. Yeah. Wind. Then have to, like, consider things and come back and then solve the problem. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but honestly, um,
1: like, d- we both do that. And at the end of the day, it is better to have the discussion than to, like, wait for a later date. Because if you wait for a later time, it's going to bring up, it's going to let those feelings ferment a little bit. And that's when you can get a little bit of avo- uh not avoidance, but resentment going on in there. Um, You can catch your partner off guard because if they don't even know that they're doing something that's upsetting you and you're just quiet and shutting down, they ask you what's wrong, you're like, I'm fine, I'm just a little checked out. And then you finally get the courage to bring whatever was bothering you up three days later, then they're kind of blindsided like, well, why didn't you tell me this the other day? You know? Yeah. Um, So, I would say the best antidote for this behavior is to just say it, like blurt it out, you know? Don't be mean, don't be critical, use I statements. Be
0: considerate.
1: Be considerate, but communicate as soon as something comes up so it doesn't ferment, you know? Um, And then the final one is contempt. And this is obvious and overt disrespect. Um, It's the final phase of criticism because it assumes a role of moral superiority over your partner. So it's an example would be, you're tired, cry me a river, why are you so lazy? Um, it's even when it's sarcastic, it's not a really good thing to say at all. Um, because it it alienates the partner and it places you in a position of power and, superiority in order to belittle your partner. Um, so this is a big no-no. So these four behaviors essentially are like, if if uh, those are a factor whatsoever within a relationship, they are cancer to the relationship. So if, that, if any of that sounded familiar, um, you're not doomed. It's not terminal, but really think about it and think about like where it's coming from, why it is affecting you and your communication style and work with your partner to find a way to communicate that is comfortable for the both of you. It might be non-traditional, but that's okay. It might be the least sexy thing on the planet, but that is also okay because you know what else isn't sexy, being in a loveless re- relationship, a loveless marriage, or, breaking up after 10 years because you just can't take it anymore. Um, So those are essentially, those are the big things. The other thing that I do also want to mention is uh, the study from Rosenfield up top um, also found that unmarried couples are significantly more likely to break up uh, after 20 years than married couples. Um, I'm not plugging marriage in any way. But I think the reason that this is a concept for long term relationships is because marriage as a law abiding pact forces you to work these things out because now you are a legal unit. The IRS sees you as a (laughs) league as a unit.
0: I also feel like it goes back to like the point about how much you invest in a relationship and like how tied together you are like. Mm-hmm. legally tied together
1: you're legally tied <laughs> together and so like marriage has its flaws it's a big old problem also it like doesn't make any sense will I get married eventually yeah but that's because I just want a bunch of parties about me
0: yeah
1: Um, but I think it's something to consider if you are with somebody and you want to be with them for a while but you don't believe in the institution of marriage figure out how you can contractually set boundaries together and set expectations because that that is a huge problem that I think permeates so many young relationships is we get into these relationships and we're just like oh my god this person is so great and then you never talk about anything else ever again and then over time you start noticing the little things that kind of gets on your nerves and then you're just like whatever 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 and then maybe they go through a period of time and they're not you know they're not as they're not as affectionate as they used to be or they're a little bit distant or whatever and you know then you start feeling neglected well when you start feeling neglected that's when the wandering eye kind of comes in and that's when you can kind of get into that tripwire of breaking up because you aren't you aren't your expectations of the relationship aren't being met and you have no idea what the other person's expectations are so if you are in a relationship and you don't want the legal binding contract of matrimony, which I do not blame you. It's weird. Um, Still sit down and like have just like the unsexiest conversation on the planet. Like write a contract. Like (coughs) here are my expectations. What are your expectations? What can I do to make you feel the most loved? What can you do to make me feel loved? What made you happy? What made you and renew the contract, make it a living contract, do monthly check-ins um, because that's going to be approaching all of the concepts that erode a relationship as a united front instead of just two people trying to figure things out and justify things in their head. Um
0: Can we talk about um, the people, the amount of people our age that are getting married? I know that's, like, a little off topic, but I... Dude, I know, like, (laughs) three
1: people that are engaged. I know. I
0: got my first, like, actual wedding invitation, and I'm like, who am I? I am a child. I don't need this. But then I'm like, I'm literally not a child. Like, I'm going to be doing this in a couple years. Yeah, I'm... (sighs) Like...
1: Like, I don't feel like a kid anymore. Like, probably, like, a year or two ago, I'm, like, I was, like, oh, I still feel like a kid. I do not feel like a kid anymore. I just got done doing my taxes. Like, I get excited about furniture and Tupperware and, like, cast iron skillets. I do not feel like a child at all. Um, but, like, I think it's insane that people are getting married at 22. hmm Like... Y'all, your brains aren't even developed.
0: Go out, have a drink with your friends. Yeah, (laughs) that's all I needed to say. Also, it's (laughs) like who has
1: money for a wedding at this age?
0: Their parents probably.
1: Why are their parents like yes, child bride? I don't know. If you're getting married young, this is no shade to you.
0: Unless you didn't invite me to the wedding or you don't have an open bar.
1: True, if you don't have an open bar, um, see you in hell. Shame on you.
0: Uh,
1: That's (laughs) terrible. That's a terrible thing to do to a person, oh my God. Um, So now that we got all of the scary things that like cause breakups, um, let's get into building secure and stable relationships. (laughs) So before I get into all of the research, what what are your what are the things that like you do to kind of like build a foundation to your relationship that'll like hopefully go the distance?
0: Um, I think the biggest part is being open and like like really laying it all out there. Like I have a pretty traumatic past and I have a really crazy family but, like, I love them, and if you're going to love me or, like, hopefully love me for a long time, like, you need to know all this and, like, accept it, and, like, I feel like getting all of that out of the way quickly mm-hmm. is, like, a good indicator of whether or not it's going to last a long time. I oh. don't know if that makes sense.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I feel like I was listening to this podcast when I was kind of spiraling, Um, and it's this, it's this podcast from this girl's perspective. Um, she has relationship anxiety and this thing, it's actually like a thing that some people diagnose. It's not in the DSM five, but it's a, it's a subset of OCD. It's called relationship OCD. You can look it up. It's actually really interesting. Um, but it's characterized by a consistent like need to like question yourself and your decisions within your relationship and question the structure of the relationship despite consistent signs and signals that you are with the person that you want to be with. Um, And so she's talking about like her experience with, you know, her partner that she's with now, um, that I think she's married to now. And she's been together with a very long time throughout a very tumultuous period of uh, circumstances in which she was kind of grappling with all of this. Um, and she said that the thing that, that helped her feel the most at peace with her relationship was getting all of her trauma out, was like actively processing that trauma that was affecting her like sense of stability and security within any relationship and like just getting it out of her body um, and like getting it all out there, like radically opening yourself to a person is so important yeah you know like get rid of all of the like i can't i I have to look like this and i have to act like this and i have to be perfect all the time or they're not gonna like me if that is an expectation of your relationship you're in the wrong one you're sorry go ahead
0: i was gonna say i just want to say my sister actually just got out of a really terrible like six month long relationship where she tried to keep like her whole life a secret like we never met this dude and like he met like one of her friends and she met like two of his and they were like didn't post each other on socials but like hung out and like went on dates every day but like alone and like they never really opened up about their life at all and then they realized that they don't really have any like emotional connection mm-hmm. and just ended things after six months. I mean, good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that sucks. Like that hurts. Yeah. But also it's like, I don't know. I feel like that's really important to me to like have that foundation. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I feel like you can't build.
1: If you can't feel if you don't feel like you can be yourself and share every aspect of yourself with a person, you're probably not ready to be in a relationship. Yeah. Um, and if you're in the right one, you will naturally feel comfortable doing that. Like I was huge. Like I refused to be seen without makeup in <coughs> by like people I was dating and seen as like anything less than like the perfect girlfriend. Uh, but w- like literally as soon as I started dating Cody, it was just like all of those walls just dissolved. Just like he watched me take my makeup off. And now we're so comfortable with each other. We, know each other and see each other, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it doesn't kill the romance. It doesn't kill the chemistry. It doesn't kill any of that. It strengthens it because the romance, the chemistry, all of that, that's gasoline for the automobile that is a relationship. But the structure, the engine of a relationship, the transmission, the thing that makes it go and consistently go is the willingness to be emotionally intimate, um, which there are studies that support it that I have right here because she is an academic queen. But we are going to save that for the second part of this episode in which we get into uh, the strategies of building that like strong foundation and fixing any of those uh, negative behavioral traits that we kind of mentioned earlier on. So stay tuned, Uh, follow up with us next week as we hopefully are a little bit more energetic as we talk (laughs) about fun and happy things like staying together forever. Um, So this has been Haley Elder and Jonas Cisneros, and we just love to thank you for playing the game.